Hello, everyone. You are listening to the 53rd episode of the No Shot Clock podcast. As always, Michael O'Brien of the Chicago Sun-Times and myself, Joe Henriksen of the City Suburban Hoops Report, are here with you to talk a whole lot of high school basketball. And, Mike, it's a packed podcast today. Yeah, we had a wild week. Some kind of weird news cropping up, so we've got all kinds of things to get into. Uh, We're going to start it off with the questions, then we're going to do our two takes, then we are going to do, I think it might be the third year we've done the feature with the, I guess, the, the stock market. Who we're going to buy, who we're going to sell, and who we're going to hold team-wise in the Super 25. Also wanted to mention, because I don't think I've done it in quite a while, if you guys find yourselves with some free time, uh, it'd be great if you could rate and review us on iTunes. That helps a lot. I, I, don't, I actually haven't checked in a while, but I, I doubt if we've had any since I haven't asked anyone to. So that would be cool. It uh, helps people find the show. But uh, let's start out with these questions. Get it up here. Quite a few questions today, for sure. Some good ones as I was, as uh, looking through them. Yeah, and some new um, some new people asking. This is a new one here from Jack Hickey. He says, "Michael, love listening to you and Joe's weekly podcast to stay up to date on the Illinois high school basketball scene. My question is about Fenwick freshman DJ Stewart." I have yet to see Fenwick play this year, but keep reading about this kid. Most recently at a game winner against Marion Catholic. What sort of potential does he have? Fenwick has not had a highly touted recruit since Corey Maggetti. Is this a high major kid if he develops? Looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Joe, yeah, Mike, I, th- I mean, I think I think DJ Stewart, uh, you know, I hate going this deep into things with a freshman, but... You know, Adam Miller down at Peoria Manual is the number one freshman by all counts by pretty much everybody. Uh, and I personally think DJ Stewart is the best prospect in the Chicago area. I mean, he's long, he's lanky. I think he's going to keep growing. Uh, he has been a big plus for them from about Christmas time on for this Fenwick team. Added offensive ability, but he's smooth. He's he's pretty skilled physically he's not there he's still very weak he's still learning a lot of parts of the game but yes I mean DJ Stewart probably will be uh the best prospect to come out of Fenwick since the aforementioned Corey Maggetti um you know I don't think he you know I mean you look at Corey Maggetti as a freshman Mike and you look at DJ Stewart as a freshman there is no comparison Corey Maggetti was a man child as a freshman and you just looked at him and knew High major, no-brainer. You even said the words potential NBA guy, which that's far and few between when you look at a freshman in high school. But, yeah, DJ Stewart is a uh, a terrific prospect. But as we've seen, you know, anything can go a different route with with a freshman going forward. So, you know, a lot has to happen, physical development and and the work ethic. Yeah, it's always good to kind of stay – as Joe said, not get too excited, but I absolutely love watching DJ Stewart. I've seen him an awful lot this year. I've covered Fenwick a ton, and he is just so rock solid as a freshman. A lot of times you're going to have to take the good and the bad when you play a freshman that much. Much There's not really any bad with DJ Stewart. He's an all-positive player for them. And, man, to see him come in and play as well as he did at Simeon on Monday, boy, I mean, that says an awful lot about him. He's just He's got the poise that you don't see a lot with freshmen, and so that makes you – really think he could turn out to be something special. He, he's definitely worth checking out. Uh, I saw Adam Miller twice. He's definitely flashier, you know, more exciting right now. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. There's a couple of freshmen around the area that are, are pretty interesting. That gives us a little bit of hope. But uh, let's move on. Next question. 
Steve Johnson, Steven Johnson. Uh, he says, Mike, is there one player in the state that could replace the best player on a top 20 team and immediately make them better? If you could, wouldn't that guy be your player of the year? My vote is for the 6'9", 270-pound man-child that doesn't get off the floor really well. He's talking about Cam Crutwig of uh, Jacobs. He said, if, if you put him on Evanston in place of Nogel Eastern, there is no way Naperville North scores as many baskets in the paint as they did. Eastern was a monster in that game, but I would take Crutwig in a high school game all day. Um... I guess we were a little confused about this. I think what Steven is saying is if you would like, cause Jacobs isn't currently ranked. Is there a, a player on a ranked team that could replace the best player on a ranked team and then make that ranked team better, which is kind of a weird thing to think about. Um, but, but I'll say this because you have Wheaton Warrenville South in the top <laughs> <yeah>. 10, <laughs> I would be comfortable taking Cameron Crutwig and putting my Wheaton Warrenville South and making them a better team. Uh, with all those perimeter guys and and the passing, and I, he would be terrific. Um, I'd be afraid to ruin their chemistry. Well, okay, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that is you know true. But you know, I, I you look, you have to look at guys like Ty Bibbs or or Crutwig or um, you know those types of players. And you know, I I I that would be mine. Would be Crutwig going on Wheaton Warrenville South team. Oh, yeah, maybe even no, yeah, no, I'll stick with that one. Yeah, I, mean, I think there's a lot of cases in which, especially this year, we have a lot of teams that are more teams than they are an assemblage of, you know, college Talents. prospects. Yeah, so I think there, there's plenty of plenty of team. I mean, Marcus Garrett is a guy who's better when he's on than a lot of the guy best players that are in the rankings. So yeah, I think this is kind of a strange year for that, um, for sure. But yeah, Crutwig. I mean, Joe and I we've talked about him over the last two and a half years, but man. He is a serious player of the year contender. I mean, if Jacobs had beaten Prairie Ridge, he'd be real serious. But, I mean, his numbers are just amazing. And Would they be ranked if they're undefeated? Oh, yeah. Well, they were <laughs> I know. for quite just, a while until uh, – I, 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 I like Jacobs. I think they stubbed their toe, shot terribly in the one game, and uh, it happens. But you're right. Crutwig was an absolute monster and a special performance on Saturday. 23 rebounds, they had him for seven assists, and then 16 points. And, you know, I've made this comment, well, all my recruiting stuff that goes out is, is Cameron Crutwig is the best passing big man I've ever seen in Illinois. I know that's a – I'm not, you know, just throwing that out there. He is. He is the best passing big man I have seen in my 20-plus years of, of doing this. Yeah, people love to, when they see him for the first time, talk about Kevin Love stuff with Crutwick. With those outlet passes, yeah. for sure. Yeah, definitely. He's, yeah, it's just, you know, he's fun to watch. He's a player that right away you're like, wow, this is, we just don't have big men like that. Oh, and he, and he plays hard. He plays smart. He, he will defend with the sides. I mean, he's just a, and what a terrific recruit for Loyola and, and Porter Moser. Yeah, that's instant impact. And, and I have to say, Jacobs, they look like a different team against Hillcrest. Not even, forget even Crutwig. He looked the same. He was great against Prairie Ridge as well. But everybody else was so much better than in that Prairie Ridge game I saw. It's um, definitely making me wonder about them a little bit. Next up, Bobby Hawkinson with a question. Actually, the email's from Bobby Hawkinson, but Ken Randolph signs it, so... I don't know. <laughs> From one of those guys, he wants to know why is Wheaton Warrenville South? Why is Wheaton Warrenville South so high? What justifies them being over Fremd 
or a crazy athletic CPS team like Uplift that would run them out of the gym. Well, Ken or Bobby, you don't appear to have a very good grasp of this season's results, <laughs> which is a-, a problem. Wheaton South has taken down several, uh, quote, crazy athletic teams. Um, they beat North Lawndale by eight points. They beat HF by 24, I think. They beat Zion Benton by 15, I believe. Um, they can handle a crazy athletic team. The question at this point is not why is Wheaton Warrenville South so high to me. The question is, what would they do against a, a, a completely elite team? Well, I, I, I mean, I, I could argue that they're a tad bit high, but they've done their job and they've they've won every. You know, I, I. I the games they play, the athletic teams, and to their credit, they've they've gotten it done. They have jumped out ahead quickly and big. And this is not a team that can play from behind. And if they do get stuck in, you know, somebody jumps out to a run on them and gets out to the twenty to ten lead or twenty five to twelve lead, um, and they're got to fight and claw back, it is not a team that is one that is built to, you know. Uh, come back from major deficits, but they are the answer to that question though, is that the way they're built and the way they play and their style and their chemistry and everything involved with that, they aren't likely to get blown out by really whoever they're playing. Now, if you get up to those top teams on a random night, Wheaton Warrenville South, I think is capable of pulling off an upset. I really believe that. But if Wheaton Warrenville South plays Simeon 10 times, I think Simeon wins nine out of 10. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're deserving of being a top 10 team and what they've done. And uh, they have beat some, some quality teams, but I, I also think they have been able to dissect some of those teams. I, I'd like for them to play a really fundamentally sound team. That is their equal and see where that happens. Yeah, what, to what, compare what them to Fremd and think that Fremd should be ranked ahead of them is ridiculous. Fremd hasn't proven I any, mean, any of that. No, but I mean, you, you've, part of it, I mean, Fremd's 18-0, and 0, Wheaton South's 19-1. and 1. Wheaton South's schedule's been clearly better, so they they get that nod, but Fremd does have two very good wins over Conant, and Wheaton South has one loss to a unranked team. Not a bad team, but uh, I could I could argue it. Not with the I mean, North, I, not with the North Lawndale and HF wins. No way. Well, HF. I'm not trying to any way from Wheaton South, but they were playing without <laughs> three players. Mike. I mean, Jeffrey Tribble didn't play. Boyd didn't. And the, and they the, and they beat him by almost thirty. So I mean, three, it, it wasn't just close. three starters out. Yeah, but that team went and beat Bennett. What what team? Beat the Bennett? the injured. HF team. I'm getting all my MLK, the, the, yeah. The, oh, the, and in the consolation, wait, wait, they played. HF beat Bennett on the 14th in the Wheaton South thing. Is that on the Monday? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then, know. and then they beat St. Joseph yesterday or the 21st. So, I mean, that injured HF team isn't, I, I know I get what you're saying, but to beat that team by 20, what was it? 26 or whatever. I mean, that's a lot. I just you can't compare it to Frem to me, and that that was the email. That was the question. Well, you have to compare them if they're ranked six and seven. 
No, but I, yeah, I mean, but they're, I, they're a smidge apart from each it's other. It's because Fremd's unbeaten, but Fremd, ha- I'm saying that Fremd has not proven their worth to me like Wheaton, Warrenville, South have. They have not gone and played, you know, a, as he says, a crazy athletic CPS team. You know, the most athletic team they've played is Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, I'm just, yeah, the Wheaton, I thought last see, last week we'd shut down the Wheaton, Warrenville, South uh, hate. Well, we, apparently we did talk. Not. 40 minutes of them, but yeah, they, I mean, they're, they're, they're a different animal. <laughs> I mean, they are, no one. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're a different animal. Um, you know, I, I just, I, I don't think people understand. I mean, the basketball part of it has to come into play aside from the, the pure raw talent. Cause it's, it's happened year after year after year after year. And we've seen that. Yes, and... Especially this year because the raw talent isn't that great everywhere. So that's why we've seen a lot of these teams, you know, rise the rankings. Why we have so many undefeated teams. The the gap is much smaller this year. The smallest I've ever seen. You know, there are very few teams that can run anybody off with their... I'm not sure there's anybody that can run anybody off with their talent alone. Um, anyway, uh, next up, Eric Van Drill from thepublicleague.com. Uh, his question, which team in the top 10 of this week's rankings do you think is most likely to be upset in a regional semi or regional final? I know that largely depends on matchups, injuries, and who gets hot late in the year, but is there a fatal flaw that you think will doom any team in the top 10 early on in the postseason? <laughs> Wheaton South. <laughs> I just uh, I just think there is just this small window for them that, that so much has to go right, and that's what's happened. And you look at that sectional they're in, they're going to get a good regional, a competitive regional championship game. I think it, well, it depends on the seed too. I mean, I, they're going to, they're they, you know, where the other seeds fall in place, like the five seed and things like that, but or, or eight nine. But I, I can't. Frem's not losing the regional. No, I think I mean, the, the two most likely to me are pretty clear in the top. And you're going to say you're going to say Joliet West. Well, the most likely is uplift the, because the, of free throws. Yeah, uh, up- uplift. I didn't even look at their. Two-way regional. I don't even know who's. They could be in there with Orr or DePaul, prep. Um, in the regional? Yeah, because they're that close. Um, so that's a problem, uh, for sure. Just because that's a really they might have to play a really great team in the regional final. Uh, so, so that could be bad for Uplift. But yeah, Juliet West. If they're going to shoot free throws like that, a team like Manuka you know, that has taken down their district rivals twice could be a nightmare. A team like Lockport, which has really turned it on here late. Uh, they're in their subsectional. Yeah. DePaul prep or an uplifter in the same subsectional. But if uplift is the, no, there's a chance they wouldn't have to play them, but yeah, you're right. There is a chance they could get one of them. Yeah. Um, and also St. Mel is in there too, and they're not a gimme. Um, they're a young team. Yeah, it was the same situation last year with all those great teams shoved in the same. Yeah, St. Saint Mel's not in there. Oh, they're not. Okay, good. Well, so that'll help out. <clears throat> um, but, yeah, those are the two I think are most likely. Um, like Frem probably won't be – Frem's going to run into probably a couple teams they've already beaten twice, and that's never super easy. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Out of the top ten, I'd say Uplift and Joliet West for sure. Uh, all right, next question. From Jeff DeGraw from WJOL. He also does some uh, work for the Joliet Herald News. He says, oh, <laughs> this kind of fits well. You guys have to talk about the free throw situation in basketball. There's no excuse. The most basic skill in the sport. 
you never see anyone, or very few, ever practice a free throw during warm-ups like it used to be, yet they will all bomb away from three-point land. I have a lot of thoughts, but you can handle it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it's a new epidemic. I mean, I, I, I think we I think we've been talking about free throws at all levels of basketball for several years. Um but it's pronounced this past weekend because of the I can't recall Mike ever seen a worse free throw exhibition in ever. Um of a good team and of good players. And that's the Joliet West, I believe fourteen of forty. Yep. 14 of 40. I think they missed their last 11. Yeah. Or I'm, I mean, that's that's unbelievable. I, I, I've I never, ever seen it or heard of that. And But, yeah, I mean, I, I throw free throws in with the whole – I talked about this last week – the whole skill development, and we see a deterioration of that across the board from ball handling to passing, basketball instincts. And I'll throw in free throw shooting, which is a basic skill you should – learn at an early age and but I, I don't I don't think this is something new. Yeah, I think part of the problem with the Joliet guys is that in practice they're fine. The problem is a couple of them miss during the game and like Coach Nick DeForty was telling me about how the kids are very close and they it all it's like a family where something goes wrong and it rubs off on all of them. And you can kind of see them all tighten up. And it, it kind of, it's a disaster and it's not something they can practice out of, you know, they think. So that's, a yeah, it's, it's mental. I mean, yeah. it's a mental issue with, you know, when teams do struggle and it, and it does carry over when, I mean, a, a good free throw shooter will start missing free throws when three other guys are missing. It, it, it is a, uh, it, it just kind of steamrolls through a team. Yeah, it's bad. And I, I will say, I was thinking about this a lot, obviously, but, um, they are, without a doubt, the worst free-throw shooting team I've ever covered, you know, that's good, like a regular, you know, ranked team. No, the only team I could come up with, and I didn't go back and check, it was one of Bob Hambrick's last teams at Simeon. They had like three six six kids that were all good, all three of them, and they ran a lot, um, especially for a Hambrick team, but they were terrible at the free-throw line. They usually shot about 50%. That's the only other team I can really think of that was close to this bad. And, and a sidebar to me for this big, huge Bolingbrook Joliet West game Tuesday night will be the free throw shooting early in the game. If for some reason Joliet West misses their first four or it goes one for eight in the first half, something like that, I you really wonder what what it happens. I mean, as far as taking over in in their mind and, and going forward in that game psychologically. Yeah, it's like um, it's almost like a John Lester thing where you can't throw the first. It's like yes. the, the yips. I mean, basically, I would go so far as if I was an inferior team, which Bolingbrook obviously isn't, I would almost start my five worst guys, foul them, foul them like mad, put them on the line a bunch, wait till those guys fouled out, and then bring my starters in in the second half and see if I could uh, win that way. But anyway, I should not be giving the Oswegos uh, and uh, Plainfields of the world any ideas. Uh, next up, Kenya Nalls. Good afternoon. I wanted to get your thoughts on how college coaches go about finding talent today. It seems to me that coaches today aren't putting in the work when it comes to evaluating talent. They seem to rely way too much on hype, Twitter, Instagram, etc. They wonder why kids are transferring so much. Could it be that the player wasn't as good as advertised? Anyone can look great in a video. Coaches get the players in their programs and realize that the player has a lot to improve on. I don't think I'm going to jeopardize my multi-million dollar job on what others are saying about a player. I would leave that up to my staff and I. 
It seems as though players who aren't playing with a shoe-sponsored AAU team are being overlooked. Yeah, I don't know if anyone's being overlooked. I mean, they, as far as being a Division One player, most players who are Division One end up being Division One. Now at the right level, who knows? I will agree with them in saying there has been a definitely there's definitely been a decrease in the amount of college coaches who are getting out during the high school basketball season. I remember these, and, I, and I'll use the holiday tournaments as an example. Yes, they're all playing, and that's what the answer is. Well, they're playing, and they've got games. Well, yeah, they've always had games. They've always had, been in the middle of basketball season. And I've gone to Proviso West. I've gone to Pontiac, and I've seen boatloads of college coaches. And over the last handful of years, I've seen less and less college coaches evaluating and getting out and seeing players during the high school basketball season. They're still out there, but not. they don't come in the waves like they used to. They are relying solely on AAU. And that's basically two weekends in April and three weekends in July. And, you know, they, 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 they use their recruiting services and people. And, you know, I have a hundred and some different colleges that subscribe to mine to get names early on and get scouting reports and take phone calls. But, you know, they are just not seeing, I don't think as much high school basketball. And I could name a number of high school players who look a ton better with their high school team. And yes, it's a different situation, but and different talent levels, but it's also an environment to see them playing in a more team defense, team concept, team just team and running a team or maybe playing their natural position. Sometimes they're not even playing the position they play on an AAU team. So I I, I love from evaluating purpose, Mike. I like seeing them AAU. It's very beneficial for me and people that are evaluating from coaches to scouts. But I also think it's imperative to see them with their high school team. Yeah, because it goes both ways. I mean, for example, boy, you wonder, where would John Shire have wound up if it was just based on his AAU play? I mean, not Duke, that's for sure. I mean, from what I understand and from what I saw, he was nowhere near the player he was for his high school team. And then you've got a kid like Jimmy Sotos, who especially when you see him against Fremd, this team that knows him so well and makes things difficult. You know, he does not look like the player he does in AAU when he's got, you know, his point guard skills are utilized by all the people he can pass to that finish and this and that, and it's a more open game. I mean, I wonder what Jimmy Sotos would be stuck with. If well, Sotos is a different animal because he didn't get any scholarship offers, really had one in the spring going in after his junior year, and then Mikey had all of them from April to signing day. So I, I don't know if colleges have even seen my Jimmy play high school basketball other than, you know, a few here and there that have, have scouted them. So uh, it, it's just, this is a ongoing debate of, of what is the best way to evaluate and see players. I, I, I think it's just benefits seeing both uh, AAU and high school. And, and that's, but I will say Mike over the years, I used to be a 65-35 high school versus AAU for evaluation purposes, but it has completely reversed. It's 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 gone the other other way. I am um, you boy are you right about the college coaches? I mean, just especially this year. You could see it starting last year, but this year, you know what? That also could be just because our talent is so down too. No, that's, that's part of it. That's probably not helping. But yeah, it's been. You, you wow, it's pretty rare these days, especially that I would see a head coach. 
Uh, yeah, it's the talent part. What you said is exactly right because we are in a down cycle of overall talent. And, you know, college coaches aren't out watching seniors really right now. I mean, the unsigned senior here and there, yeah. But so they're out looking for during the high school season, during going for the young kids. And our young classes, particularly our junior class, <laughs> is very weak. Yeah. We'll have plenty of time to whine about that in the future. So let's move on to um, our two takes. You want to start it off, Joe? Yeah, I, you know, my first one is Naperville North. The, this is a team that you had ranked in the preseason. I had ranked in the preseason. Everybody had ranked, and deservedly so. They they won 23 games last year. They won a conference championship in the DuPage Valley, and they returned the bulk of that team, including Mitch Lewis, who a uh, versatile 6-6 player. And those who haven't seen him, he kind of really creates – uh, a lot of mismatches on the floor because you can play him at different spots. You can put him with the ball at a point guard if you need to. You can post him up. And he, he's just a really nice high school player who battled injuries over his career and uh, seems to be pretty healthy and looked very good this last Saturday. But they've kind of fallen off of the radar. And uh, But they're a reason why they're ranked, and they're a reason why, in the event I put together, the one sides collide at Glenbardis, why they're in there playing Evanston because of what we believe they could be. And they stumbled for four losses prior to January. And again, fell off the map. But man, that was a huge victory for Naperville North to beat Evanston on Saturday. And just a side note to that, Yusef Marabit, a player for Naperville North, who played sparingly, I mean really sparingly, just a minute's here, a minute there, goes out and pumps in 20 points uh, to beat Evanston. I'm pretty sure Mike Ellis, the coach at Evanston, I'm not even sure if he had a scouting report uh, or prepared for Yusef Marabit. And here he is scoring a game-high 20 points. So I, I just think this win of all these games in the last few weeks from MLK weekend to uh, this past busy weekend, this could be a springboard for this team going forward. Yeah, because they weren't a team I, – I believed in them. I thought they were going to have a great year. You know, I was into it. And when I saw them first, it was at home against Wheaton Warrenville South. And this was before Wheaton Warrenville South picked up all those great wins I talked about. You know, they were undefeated, and Naperville North lost to them at home in overtime. Which, when you look back on it now, looks a lot better than it did. Sure, at but they also time. stubbed their toe against Lake Park and Oswego East. Um, Oswego East, they lost as well. But since then, you know, you look at it, things since Christmas. You know, since the Lake Park loss, they did lose to Downer South by five, but they've won seven straight now. Yeah, so they're dangerous, and, and and they could be, you know, a team that could run the table here because the DuPage Valley is not very strong outside of Wheaton South and. Uh, they could run that table and go into a huge showdown at the end of the year with Wheaton South. Yeah, and this is what you want. You know, a lot of, a lot of those teams that were uh, 8-0 and in the rankings when Naperville North was getting knocked out, they're gone now. I mean, you want to get better. Who cares who you lose to in November and December if you're playing like they are now? So it's a really good sign. Um, my first take... Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes the CPS, you know, I love public league basketball, but man, sometimes you just got to, they, 
the public league just can't get out of its own way sometimes. I mean, on this really? sh- on this show, <laughs> we would talk about how great the promotion relegation is, how it's the one thing they do right. Well, there are rumors out there. Uh, Joe addressed it. It's online today. Uh, we know for sure that the CPS is realigning because there will be no promotion and relegation in for next season, which was news to pretty much all of the coaches, basically because they didn't really read the rules, um, which is kind of sad because a lot of the white teams are basing their whole season on going up. So imagine finding that out in the stretch run. But anyway, there's rumors that there might be a 10-team Super League. The teams are uh, Farragut, Orr, Uplift, Bogan, North Lawndale, Kenwood, Morgan Park, Curie, Young, and Simeon. Um, Joe's heard that. I've heard that. Separately, I've heard that a lot of it could be played at DePaul. You know, people keep talking about, well, how are you going to get from Bogan to Uplift, you know, which is a hellish drive at any time, much less at rush hour. Well, I think a lot of the games, if they were going to do this, it's they're talking about you can make them money. You know, that DePaul Arena at McCormick Place is going to be sitting there doing what? You know, an awful lot. Are you talking like maybe double headers or triple headers? Or yeah, yeah. Like on a Tuesday night or Wednesday night? Yeah, or... or a Saturday afternoon. I mean, yeah. you, you can stack that stuff up. I mean, that's a place that the city put money into that is just going to be sitting there a lot. And if you could put these suit these super teams in, you know, blah blah blah. Now that I don't sucks, by the way. Yeah, and I don't know who I've not talked to a single coach that's in favor of this. Of the mega super conference? Yeah, not one. I've talked to two. That are in that, favor that, of that, it? That are. Um and then but more that aren't. How, were they and, obviously the teams that are in it, so that's interesting. Yes. I know who I haven't <laughs> talked to. So, uh, cause I've talked to more than half. <laughs> so. Yeah. And I, I've talked to about half of them and I would say it's, I don't know, like four to two of the, of the six coaches. But I, I think the, the mindset of, of ones that would like is I don't care about the rest of the <laughs> public league and let's just go at it. Our 10 superpowers, but I can't, I mean, I'm kind of interrupting here, but I don't like it at no, all. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, I think it takes away from so much of what you said we talked about, but also the opportunity for the, and I'll just name some schools like the, the Hyde parks, the vocationals, the Brooks, the, you could go on and on of the opportunity to play in your conference, in your section of the red and play one of the, 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 the kingpins. What, I mean, it's hard enough to get players to, to stay and play in your neighborhood school and, and play it at these schools. And now they're never even going to get the opportunity to play the big boys. I mean, that's just, ugh. It's, I don't like yeah, it. It's ridiculous. First of all, this idea that there are these big boys is false. Well, there is Simeon, Morgan Park, young Curie. Well, since, Simeon, Morgan Park, young. since you mean since their current coach, I, I, I mean, it's not well, Simeon's been pretty good for a while. <laughs> They since Rob Smith took over, yes, because he's been there a while. Same thing well, with they Young. They were a power with Bob Ambrick. They're not like this, no. Um, they were a, come on, Mike. They were state champions in the eighties. They went down state. I mean, sure, yes. but, but they were they've not been a power like, for. They've been a city power for four decades, but not like they have been since. And they won a state since. title before. They did. Tyrone Slaughter. They also had. They also had down years. Whitney and, Young won its title in '98. And they also had down years. Simeon and Young had down years before Smith and Slaughter came along. 
you know they are were also they also had great years but they were much more like normal uh cps teams yeah what you're saying is things can change in a in a heartbeat well all you gotta um, do is look at these teams where was kenwood two years ago where right. was where was uplift well, where was and morgan park with nick urban yeah um yeah so it's a complete brooks won the city because they had chris head you know just a few years ago you know that wasn't too long ago so it's the to become a power to become one of these 10 super teams it takes basically a coach and maybe a year you know this isn't like something that's impossible but i also think this feeds into it oh yeah yeah, no doubt. I mean, I I think if you think you're a superpower, you're on the verge of being one or whatever. I I just think, I mean, why why would you? I don't know. I, I, it's just I don't I don't like I don't like one thing about it. But <laughs> no, it's I mean, and what what I did the math? Six of the last fifteen city champions aren't in this ten team group. Um, Who are those six? Westinghouse, Brooks. Brooks, Crane, and Marshall have won six city titles in the last 15 years. Um, now, there's different circumstances there. Crane, obviously, is a small high school now. They're not coming back. Marshall, you know, is not on the upswing for sure. You know, still good. But Westinghouse is hugely on the upswing as a school. You know, that is not somewhere that is going downhill. And it's a great school now. You know, it's a magnet school. You should be encouraging kids to go to Westinghouse, not or. Sorry, Lou Adams, but or is is a school that's failing and shrinking. To call them a super, a basketball superpower, and right. and send kids there instead of that. Well, and, you know, Brooks had their little mini tiny run. I mean, yeah, and they're fully capable of doing it again if things stay mm-hmm. the way they are now. You know, right. so yeah, it's I, I don't know, yeah, and, and not to mention what it would do for basketball across the city. I mean, it's just. That's one of the beautiful things about high school basketball that almost every night in Chicago, there's packed gyms all over the city, you know, with things that matter going on. You know, it's this ecosystem where even what's going on to win the blue, you know, it matters. You know, it's there's hope for everyone. Why would you take hope away from everyone? I mean, we've taken enough things away from them. Now you're going to take basketball away. I mean, I think it's horrible. I don't think it's going to happen, by the way. I think too many of the people involved are against it. Um but it's something to keep an eye on. My second take uh, is Marist, and they they had a huge week last week, Mike. They um, they they went on the road and played Brother Rice in a huge rivalry game, an unbelievable atmosphere, and then they lost a heartbreaker. The the game was more or less won, and they and, and Brother Rice just took it from them, and they bounced back to go on the road at Bennett, another hostile environment. And picked up a win, and I was at that one, and I was I watched both those games, and there was a clear difference in teams in Marist, and I was really impressed with their effort in the Bennett game, particularly on the defensive end. But I like this Marist team. I I think you know that they're stuck in that sectional with Simeon, which I don't know. We'll talk about that in a few weeks, but. I just like their their perimeter guards are, are, are solid. They have a, a a big man in Justin Brown, who I'm kind of leading into the, this take is Mike. I have watched a lot of high school basketball over the last two and a half plus decades, and if you saw Justin Brown play two years ago, three years ago, you would not even believe that this is the same player. I questioned whether he would be a big 
varsity varsity basketball contributor, and now he's the you know the, uh, one of the focal points of a twenty and one ranked team and a definite college scholarship player, whether it be at the Division two level, low division, whatever. He has come so far, and it's just a credit to Justin Brown for the work he obviously has put in over the past three years. Yeah, he was he was very good in the Brother Rice game. It was hard to put a lot of faith in it, though, because Brother Rice had no one that could challenge him whatsoever. And Bennett, did, Bennett didn't either. Uh, but, but, I mean, he, he's making an impact. He's got that length. He's rangy with, you know, affecting blocking shots, offering shots. He's a very solid rebounder around the basketball. I and he's got a decent touch. So I, I just – just I, I know a lot of people never even saw him play two, three years ago, but it's remarkable how far this kid's come. Yeah, I don't even remember him from last year, really. Well, he, he had some injuries too, but – Yeah, so yeah, he, I was – he was he, very good, no doubt about it. I, and keep this in mind when we talk about Tayon Neal. Um, big men, we could talk about all that. It just takes a little longer. Um for them to put it all together. But yeah, Justin Brown, definitely. And he's going to, I mean, Simeon has the leapers and the big men, but just having his presence in there, you know, in that potential game would open things up so much for the guards um, of Maris. I just think Maris is a whole lot better team this week than they were 10 days ago because of the week they just went through. Yeah. Oh yeah. No doubt about that. <laughs> That's for, and, and they're gonna have a lot of tests coming up. I think they have. Um, oh no, St. Pat's plays Marion this week. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll get to see Marist in a few more big games. I'm I'm bored of my own next take, Joe. <laughs> I was about well, to start talking about it. I don't even want to. So I don't know what. I, although you I, skip your take. I may be. Basically, I was gonna go on. We could just like insert. If I was good at audio editing, we could just insert rants from previous. But, Basically, I've been spent the last two days since I put the rankings up dealing with angry Evanston HF and uh, fans. I'm even being accused of being a Bennett homer, so which you all c- clearly are. <laughs> Just ask a Bennett fan. You, you know you're doing your job well as a reporter when <laughs> people think that you hate a team and love a team <laughs> all at once. So uh, you, you know, and it, for the Evanston people, it's like they haven't been paying attention. That we went through this whole thing last year. Um, and right, where'd you, where'd you drop them? I got to look here. You dropped them. 17. Oh yeah. It's too far. Sorry, Mike. They haven't beaten anybody above them. They haven't. Beaten I'm, I'm going to send you an email. Yeah. I mean, we did this last year and we did. Yeah. I, but they're better than 17. Well, now they got to prove it. They haven't proven it yet. You know, Curie had to drop Joliet West dropped last year. The same thing happened to RB. If it is February, which it almost we're a week from February and you haven't beaten a team that's ever been ranked. What am I supposed to do with you? Well, I mean, I know you don't – you you got to figure out if you're completely disregarding out-of-state wins or not. Some Because sometimes you do and sometimes you don't. It, depen- as as it, it depends on their – giving lo- them credit. It depends on their local form, basically. Because I can't judge the out-of-state teams. Name me a ranked team North Lawndale's beaten. I'm sure they've they don't beaten, have one. I'm sure they've got several. I, I, I got it in front of me. Uh, no, no, you, you can't do rank. You can't do it based on that. You have to do it based on teams they've beaten that have been ranked this season, because the rankings are built so as there are so few okay, losses. Grant, Carmel, they've, Marshall, they've beaten Westinghouse, North Chicago, Plainfield South, Waukegan, and Farragut are the two ranked teams that they've beaten. 
Farragut should have been ranked. Well, Farragut's beaten HF. Uh, I'm just saying that's two more than Evanston's got. Geneva. Well, there you go. <laughs> but but you, and that's why you get the benefit of the doubt though, because you're unbeaten. Once you are no longer unbeaten, you know what am I? I, I, I would I would say none for Geneva. I'm, I'm scanning here, close, but I think it's zero. Um, yeah, I mean, which is why they're unbeaten and 15. You know, but but yeah, once. If you don't have a local loss, you're going to get, and it's late January, you're going to get ranked highly. But once you stumble, you got to pay the price because you haven't played enough good teams. And I think I've been very consistent about this for several years. I mean, I don't get into the rankings as much as the fans obviously do. I just, and I don't see, like, I don't know, it's just like with player rankings. I, I When it's 13 versus, like, I'm saying Evanson's too low. I'm just saying, well, maybe a few spots higher. It's not like I think they're a top after that loss. I mean, I, but yeah, I definitely think they're better than some of the teams that are ranked ahead of them, just from watching them. I mean, I, I, I just believe that. But um, I, I, it, it, it's interesting to see the uproar. Yeah, you just of, have to have of, rationale. If you just go by who I think is better, it just and HF, I can't even figure out because they're so banged up yeah um they're missing three guys they they some guys played in this game and some didn't in that game and it's and they've gotten Demartra back <laughs> so well i've never yeah, even seen play with them yeah i mean they have the resume bloom you know you, you've lost two of your last three games i understand you have picked up some nice wins earlier but wait who bloom you're getting arguments for bloom no against them yeah because they got dumped um but you know they've lost two of their last three games to teams that aren't ranked. Yeah, you come on, you lost to Hyde Park, man. Yeah, I mean that gets you out of there. So it's they lost to Lockport. Um, yeah, I, that's that's not even worth arguing. And you know, and it's 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 some years people are gonna say you've kept teams in. That's true, but those are years when I don't have teams on the outside that are eighteen and one, like Willowbrook, or fourteen and three with no local losses, like TF North. I mean, when I have I've got a backlog of teams that based on resumes are just as good as the teams in here. So when you lose, you know, it's it's not like some years where I've got basically 30 teams I'm juggling around all year. You know, that's not the case. There's a lot of teams that deserve their moment in the sun. Jacobs, we saw how well they played. They're not in here. You know what I mean? There's yeah. a lot of teams like that that, I mean, Stevenson had to get back in. You know, because, Well, and everybody, I mean, the other thing is everybody's going to have a different, I mean, your top, your top 25 and my top 25, if I did it regularly, would not be the same. I mean, and they shouldn't be. I mean, I, we have a different of opinion, and and but I mean, at the top, it's usually pretty similar. But in this in this basketball season, I mean, once you get past top, I don't know, ten on a regular basis, it's it's come on. I mean, yeah, and that's and it's that's why to me it's important to keep moving teams in and out. If you're not if you're not winning down there, you're going. Because yeah. there's a team waiting to take your spot. Anyway. But you are one of my least favorite topics. So let's, yeah. Let's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, we're we're going to get into this in the stock report. And I'm going to explain it just a little bit before we get more <laughs> tweets and emails of how are you doing this? How are you doing that? So we are going through our top 25. And we're going to basically take stock of their value based on their records, their rankings, and also the buzz and hype surrounding them right now. 
And then we're going to kind of look ahead and determine whether those stock prices will kind of stay the same. They're going to rise or maybe fall based on the success that they'll have going forward, particularly maybe even the state tournament and where they could do. So we're either going to buy, sell, or hold. But keep this in mind, the, the better a team is, the higher the ranking and the more uh, buzz and hype they're getting, obviously, it, that's, you know, in stock prices, those are the ones you sell. So just because I sell a really good team that might be undefeated, don't call me an idiot. Uh, and, and the same is true for, for a team that has potential but's kind of fallen on, you know, maybe dropped in the rankings and uh, hitting some hard times. But, but just because we rate, you know, one team a buy and one team a sell, that does not mean I definitely believe that one team is better than the other team. Uh, it's just a stock market. So we're going to go through the top 25. We don't want to work our way, what do you think, from the top to bottom, Mike? Or you want to go? Uh... Let's go bottom to top. All right. Uh, Willowbrook. I uh, wrote about Willowbrook last week. Yeah, Willowbrook last week. Just as They're on pace to eclipse the Alonzo Verge 21 win. I mean, they're right around the corner of 21 wins. And we thought that was the breakthrough season for Willowbrook. Here they are, 18-1. and one. I am selling, though. I don't think you're ever going to get a, a, a better price for Willowbrook. I think I don't see them being a deep contender as far as uh, March comes around. So I am selling my Willowbrook stock. Even though, Chris Perkins, you have done a magical job in a hard-to-win place with a program that has never won. Uh, and well, I mean, since that verge year, I mean, you take those two seasons away and it's been a downtrodden program, but I'm going to sell Willowbrook. Yeah. It's a, it's a real shame because the high school basketball gods gave Alonzo verge his supporting cast. Oh, you, you plug verge on this group. Ah, that's top 10 team. And it happens. I mean, Shire got the perfect guys around him. Jeremy Richmond got those guys around him. That, that probably would have been our special story right now, and it's not happening. It's too bad, and I also will sell on Willowbrook. Bogan. Uh, I've been I've been hard on Bogan. Mike, I think if there's a handful of teams that Mike and I have disagreed on for the most part of this year, it's Bogan. Now, they obviously came up with that big win over Simeon. Uh, they're, they're ranked. I think they'll be unranked soon. I, I don't... You know, I don't see them making a big city run, but it's hard because I can see them doing a little bit of some work in March. But I, I just think they're 13 and six right now, and, and some losses are ready to come. I'm going to sell Bogan stock as well. And I will buy all of the stock in Bogan Joe is selling. All of it. And I'll go buy a yacht after the city tournament with my winnings. You, there couldn't be a team I'm higher on on their future. Um, they've well, gone... I'm, high, I'm high on their future. No, I'm talking the rest yes. of the in March and in, in the city tournament. 2017-2018. I'm no. going to buy my 2017-2018 Bogan stock. I mean, stock. you want to talk stubbing their toe. They don't have a bad loss this season. You know, they've only lost to very good teams. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> okay. Your definition of a bad loss has to include point differential. No. Yes, it does. The bad, bad team. You lose 30-plus points? That's not a bad loss? To Simeon? 
Or I don't Fenway? care who you're playing. You lose by 30-plus points? They turned around and beat him. Yeah, that, okay. And I'm, not, I'm putting an asterisk by this that win as well. I mean, come on. Simeon, I, 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 that's a whole different story. No, Bogan's I mean, losses, for those of you who don't know, they've lost to Morgan Park, Fenwick, Simeon. By 31. TF North, and some team called Romulus in Michigan, which... I've absolutely... Very good high school basketball program, by the way, in Michigan. But Oh, see, I had no idea. So there you go. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if they're still good. I just know they used to be good. <laughs> oh, but really, this, those teams, that's not even the same team. I mean, since they've been getting Bogan typically, you know, they've gotten two guys back since then that are key players. The young players have gotten better. They have size, which, you know, is in short supply in the city this year. And I think that's going to do them some real... It's really going to help them in the city tournament. You know, depending on how the road goes and all that stuff, you don't need to, if you had a powerhouse in round two, they're in trouble. But yeah, I think, you know, I've seen them play the Morgan Parks and the Simeons, and I've seen them hang right with them. And I, you know, at least for a half, even in the games they lost. And not a lot of teams can do that. It's not an easy thing to do. And boy, if, if Arthur Goodwin has taught us anything, it's that when he gets those guys on a big court. <laughs> I know, I just... I mean, they beat Vocational in overtime. They don't have very many good wins. You're uh, talking about good wins. Vocational just gave uh, Morgan Park all they could handle. No, they, they don't and... have many good – well, except for the Simeon win. I mean, they're 10-9, and nine, Vocational. I mean, I, anyway. No, no. I'm uh, selling it, your It was mind. like a four-point game against Morgan Park, the Vocational. Vocational apparently has uh, – if you look at Vocational's results the last two weeks, they're not the team that's been getting killed is all I'm saying. Um, TF North 23 TF North you buy or sell them like boy that's a tough one for me because I haven't seen them you know I'm gonna I'm gonna it's I think this is against logic but I'm so impressed by their point totals they're killing people I'm gonna buy I'm gonna buy because I think they're gonna make a huge statement and the end this is my prediction a bold prediction they are going to end the 28-year conference win streak of Hillcrest. Mm. I think TF North this is the first time I can honestly – there was a time Hillcrest was playing, I think Lamont, they had that do or die maybe, a do or die game. But anyway, I just think TF North is is, is uh, Hillcrest. That just left me a bad taste in my mouth from Saturday. But um, I'm going to buy – Oh, wait, TF North's in that sectional, though. Yeah, maybe it might make more sense to hold TF North since they are ranked. Yeah, I'm going to hold. I'm <laughs> yeah. going to hold. I'm not um, buying it, so I'm going to hold that stock and and see what it does here. And yeah, I should chance. probably hold, too, but I'm going to be a little wild because I love teams that score 80 points. <laughs> Stevenson, a team you were once down on. Another team. Of, this is five teams. We should have this a segment. Five teams we disagreed the most on over the course of the year. Yeah. Stevenson, we disagreed on over the course of the season at, at different points. They had a what I thought was a really bad loss to Hinsdale Central at Christmas time. Hinsdale Central is playing terrific basketball, but uh, they've been red hot. Uh, Justice Smith putting up numbers. They've crept back into your top twenty-five. Are you buying or selling Stevenson? Selling hard. Hmm. I am going to oh, – I'm going to buy because I think they're going to – I think they're going to run the table for the most – man, they might have a hiccup. But that sectional – some of those teams in that sectional are just kind of – I mean, 
I'm going to buy Stevenson stock. Yeah, I do not. I mean, Justin Smith, have a nice year, putting up nice numbers. I don't believe in the supporting cast. So Pat Ambrose can loop that on <laughs> to a tape if he wants. <laughs> it could help. Yeah, I'm selling on Stevenson. I just, I, sometimes you just can't wipe away games you saw. And I can't wipe that prospect game out of my mind. Brother Rice, 17-3. and three, Another hot team off the big Maris win. I have praised the duo of Mike Shevsky and Josh Nego. I have commented on the wonderful coaching job of Bobby Frazier, but I'm selling. I like Brother Rice, but I think they've kind of hit their high point here. Um because I think that sectional is going to be a, a, a killer and one bad shooting night for Brother Rice. And you, uh, so I'm going to sell Brother Rice because I think I can get a lot of money for him right now because they're hot, they're ranked, there's a lot of buzz about them. I'm going to sell Brother Rice. Yeah, I'm with you. I sell on Brother Rice. But as you said, and, and it was so important, you know, Brother Rice is a basketball school, they want to be a great city program and the rival Marist had a couple great years here. And this is Bobby Frazier's second year as a coach. And they've done exactly what they needed to do. They've gotten back in the conversation. They beat Marist this year. You know, it, it's hard to imagine Bobby Rice's tenure starting better than it has. So kudos to them for that. And for Mike Shepsky and Josh Niego just played so amazingly well against Marist and they can kind of be remembered as the kids who started this kind of resurgence for brother rice, but yeah, they just don't have enough around them. This next one is a tough one for me. Prospect 15 and four. And at first thought you think mid suburban link friend Conan and then prospect on the other side, they're all in the sectional together, but you start looking at some resumes. I mean, they, I mean, they, they, they just beat Conan. they, I mean, Hinsdale Central is solid. It's number first place team in the West Suburban. They just knocked them off. They've beaten Stevenson, a ranked team. Uh, played Evanston pretty tough. So, I mean, Prospect's a tough team to – to because they're kind of still flying under the radar even though they're ranked. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to have to to sell. Uh, I just think – you know, I think they're going to win their conference, their side of it, but I just think Conant and Fremd are going to have a stranglehold on that sectional, so I'm going to sell Prospect. I am going to buy Prospect. I like them. I, I think all the kids can play. They know what they're doing, and it's a year where that goes real far, as we've seen. They're kind of right there to me. With They're like the Frems and the Wheaton Souths of the world. Oh, I like them. Yeah, except that just... they're, they're tough-nosed, they're tough and I wonder if they're the team that's going to pull off some March upsets. And when I put them in the rankings, I'm not going to lie. I thought they'd be out within a week or two. You know, I figured they'd stumble, but well, Michael O'Brien rankings have made me sell because boy, you did push them up 20. I mean, yeah, I, they I keep winning once they yeah. got ranked, you know, which isn't easy to do. And like you said about Hinsdale central, you know, that game, that team's been playing real well and they handled them pretty nicely. Um, this week that went over Conan. So yeah, I think, I think this is a team that could be interesting in March. So I'll buy. Bennett, this could be a, a really good buy for Bennett just because they're just – I mean, they've played a rugged schedule. they have I just counted it up. They've played nine teams, won some, lost some, that have been ranked in your rankings at one point. Uh, and you know Bennett's always kind of a hot buy. Their sectional's winnable. 
Uh, I'm going to buy Bennett just because I don't think you can ever get Bennett stock this low. Yeah, not, they've played all those ranked teams, and then Bloomington and Danville would be if they mm. were in the area. So, yeah, there's no doubt about their schedule. I'm going to sell on Bennett. I think they might have peaked. I think that Martin Luther King thing took a lot of wind out of their sails and, and, and beat them up, and then they had to come back. That thing's a grind, man. And not that the other teams haven't had to do it, but we, uh, they had that St. Pat's game on the Friday night and then the four games right, in yeah. three days. It's just They're just too, too dependent on Jack Nolan, and we've seen They are, and, and Maris yeah. just cut the head off of Maris. Or, uh, so Bennett's. did Simeon. Yeah, I think that's the problem. Uh, Conan. Uh, I like this buy for me because they have fallen out of Frem twice. I think people have kind of, eh, okay, well, Frem's the, the, the deal now. And Conant, I think, is really solid, good, quality team that is going to beat Frem <laughs> when they meet for the third time. So Looking forward I to think, that Joe pick. <laughs> yes. And... and you know, the friend people be all over me, but uh, it's just so hard to beat a team three times. Now, I've picked against them twice, friend. Or, uh, I, I just think I think it's a good time to buy some Conan stock. Yeah, I'm selling on Conan. I guess they always lose when I see them, so that doesn't help. But there's just not enough there. Uh, the, you know, Ryan Davis and Jimmy Soto are solid. Michael Downing, at best, you seem to get a good half out of him, and that's about it. He's always in foul trouble, and after that, it just falls off a cliff. I think that's what I didn't realize about them earlier in the year. They just don't – they're not five men as strong as Fremden Prospect are. It's really that simple. Um, I, I'm a sell on Conan. Well, I mean, it's not like they didn't almost beat him. <laughs> I mean, Fremd, the last matchup. And they lost to Prospect last matchup, too. Evanston. I know what you'll do with this one. But you have forced me with their 17 ranking to buy Evanston stock because they're going to win their conference. They are going to go into a sectional where they'll be, I don't know who's going to beat them in that sectional. Notre Dame, maybe. I mean, I don't, yeah, I'm, I think this is a no brainer buy. Yeah, it's 17. Evanston's a buy for sure. Um, they've got to worry a little bit though. I mean, you could see the, you know, this team had trouble in the playoffs last year and we're seeing, we have the start, I guess, of a lot of the same worries that we see saw at this point last year. So no, gel is putting up bigger numbers than last year though. It's true. Um, I mean, there's definitely a difference in him, um, as far as productivity between last year and this year, a, a team with Evanston's young players. So prominent, I would sell if they were higher. That's going to be a problem for me as we go up the rankings, but at 17, they're a buy. North Lawndale, I'm selling. I was a huge North Lawndale guy. I would pump them up, put them ranked high. Uh, I'm selling. I, I just don't see North Lawndale making a deep run in the playoffs and when, when the city playoffs come along. And I, although they could do something in the sectional. Uh, I'm a buy uh, on North Lawndale. I'm on a hold at 16. Um, Joe and Just I, because oh, oh, hold, okay. I'm on hold because they're 16, and I mean they could do some damage in in March. I mean they really could in that in that thing we call 3A basketball. Yeah, they and they've been playing well lately. I think they're on at least a six game win streak. 
you know, since that Wheaton South game, they haven't lost. I think, I mean, as Joe talked about, I think that wasn't one of her bigger arguments earlier in the season. Because anyway, it still drives me nuts. This team is nowhere near as good as they were last year. And there was all that talk that was ridiculous. However, I, I, I thought the potential was there to be better. I really did. Yeah, I, 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 think, I don't. I, they haven't met it or reached it, but I clearly thought they would had a chance. Yeah, just the the personnel isn't there like it like it was last year to me. But you know they're playing better for sure. I think they're on the upswing. I, I mean, like... they talk about good losses, Mike. Yeah, I mean they lost to Young by two. Exactly. Yeah, that's why uh, I jumped they, them up this week. Yeah, they lost to Orr by five. They lost to Wheaton South. And Joliet so, West. Yeah, and Joliet West. You're talking yeah. four teams that are exactly no no stub in their toes. They've gotten business taken care of in the Red West. I'm buying. Give me my stock. Yeah. <laughs> I'm buying. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot. If I you mean, thought... all you gotta, all you gotta. I mean, all you gotta do is beat Fenwick. Yeah. I mean, right? Isn't yeah. that all? It's in that sectional. Yeah, and Fenwick doesn't have any size either. I mean, so that's, Jacob Keller's hurt. That's doable. Yeah, bum foot. But yeah, North Lawndale, you know, people were thinking about them top five, I think. And they're not that team, but they're definitely a top 10 quality team if things oh, go Oh, this right. is, I'm glad I changed this because this is great stock. Yes. I mean, they beat Fenwick, they're in Peoria. Because they play the Antioch Super. Well, I mean, that Westinghouse game, that's a three-point game usually. So I wouldn't exactly yeah. write that off. Westinghouse is just the team that. Plays everybody good, and it was sixty-three to sixty-two the first time, and forty-four to forty-one the second. That could be a tough one for him. That's my friend Conan argument I just made. Yeah. All right, let's get to Geneva, the the, the team. Oh I, boy. I I, I, uh, I I neither one of us have seen right. No. <laughs> Twenty-two and zero. Neither one of us have seen them. I think we're actually both going to see them this week. That tells you but, a lot about their 22 wins. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 don't, I did a math project and added up the one loss totals of the teams, and it's not pretty. So they're 22-0. and 0. I don't know how you can buy them because they – I mean, their stock can't get any higher. So I have to sell. There's no way their stock I mean, can get higher. Their ranking can go up, though. Well, I guess, yeah, since they don't play a ranked team the rest of the year. Um, but the Larkin game, I think, was a two or three point game. That's why I decided to go there the first time. So that's going to be a test. But yeah, you're right. How you know? Ah. But they've got that March Road though. That's no, because they they change their sectional. Yeah, but aren't they up at the Rockford? No, they the are now. Stuff? What are they? They are no, 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 no. They are now with Bennett and oh yeah, um, hmm. Wheaton South and the Downers and. So yeah, that they're at the Hinsdale Central sectional now. So you're gonna sell? I am selling. I'm yes. Gonna, I'm gonna hold simply because I need more information. <laughs> Marist, um, twenty and one, big win over Bennett. Oh, their stock is gonna be costly. Um, and I just I don't see them. We should know enough. I should know enough whether to buy or sell after watching them twice in the last week. They beat Marion right. Catholic, Brother Wright, or lost Brother Rice, and beat Bennett this week. So that's a, that's their uh, big week. I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna buy. Uh, it's a little high price right now. Uh, but I, I, I like this team. I, I liked what they did at the Bennett in the Bennett game. Um, I think they grew up a lot in this past week. I'm gonna buy some Maristock. 
Yeah, I've only seen the Brother Rice game, and I, I was very concerned. The guard, the backcourt just did not live up to my expectations. And yeah, they were much better in the Bennett game I, comparing the two games, but yeah, I, I know what you're saying. So I'm a little worried about him, and I, I hate the schedule. I don't feel like they're prepared. I think that showed in the Brother Rice game. I'm going to sell the Maristock. Fenwick. Uh, I, I don't care what the record is. I don't care where they're ranked. If healthy, I think Fenwick gets to Peoria. And if healthy, Jacob Keller's got a little foot injury right now. I don't know how serious it is. If healthy, uh, I'm buying Fenwick stock because I think they're getting to Peoria this year. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. It's um, a rock-solid team. You saw that when they went into Simeon. That game was closer than it looked. Uh, they, they really did a nice job in the fourth quarter. Things didn't quite go their way. You know, and they're another one of these teams. They've been so tested. You know, they're getting better. Um, DJ Stewart gets a little better every time I see him. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they're very, very solid. I'm, I'm a clear buy on Fenwick. Or take into consideration they're 2A, so you could get some value here of a 2A school that's only got three losses and three quality losses. I mean, they lost to St. Pat's, Whitney Young, and actually Young twice, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ranked pretty high, though. I, I'm going to hold on. Well, sectional. Yeah, because they're going to uplift the sectional, regional. I'm going to hold on or I'm just going to I'm going to keep it and let it ride a little bit longer. Yeah, or is a tough one. You know, they're a team that goes a lot on emotion. We were talking I was talking about that with Lou Adams after the Young loss because it looks like they're going backwards a little bit. They almost beat Young at Young and then the game wasn't very close at or um, picked up their first loss there in three years. That's trouble. So they're in a down spot right now. And I, they, they came back, beat Marshall, but I think the down, I think the downward trend could last a little longer. I could see them sliding a little lower in the next month. I'm worried about their city tournament prospects, but I love them in March. So it's a tough call for me. I guess I'll hold. Yeah, we're both holding. Yeah. Uh, Thornton. You buying? Why do you? I love how you think you can predict my. Uh... <laughs> I can. I can predict you're buying Thornton. <laughs> Who wouldn't buy Alonzo Verge? Yeah, Alonzo Verge. Every college coach. <laughs> sorry, I, but I, wouldn't you agree? He hasn't quite been exactly what you thought he'd be during his senior year. At the wide open Thornton. No, he. It's taken some time. I mean, I think the problem is. They're a brand new – I keep telling this to people. It's a brand new team. And even with or without him, they were going to have troubles. These kids just didn't play varsity really last year. And I and they're going in the right direction. They're improving. So I'm very high on them. Do you like this Thornton team? Now, this is a completely different – this is a more star-driven Thornton team than last year. I think – wasn't Thornton 20, about 20-1 and one at this point last yeah, year? Yeah, Which Thornton team do you like better? This one. Yeah, see, I, I, I can't decide if I mean, they got those guys. Yeah, I like stars. Um, Got that sectional that they're not going to win. <laughs> I just don't see them winning that sectional. I'm, I'm going to sell. I um, I just can't trust them. I'm going to sell my Thornton stock because that's 
that's pretty high ranking. Although they're not going to lose the rest of the year, are they? Uh, I don't know if they got another shootout game going. I haven't looked at their schedule recently. Uh, the conference <laughs> that's a they tough shouldn't. one for me. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna cash out. St. Pat's, 18-2, and two, been my team that I've been raving about for about a month. Uh, they, Mike's got them in the top 10 now. So now, now it's expensive. It's expensive stock. <laughs> but you know what? Yeah, I, it's expensive. I, I have ridden St. Patrick hard for a month. I'm jumping off. I'm selling just because I get the dollar amount for them. Because they're going to have to go in and beat Curie and Young come March. And that's not going to be easy. But then again, I think they could upset one of them. But I I just think the stock is really, really uh, a benefit to sell right now. Yeah, it's too high. They're going to pick up some conference losses. They're going to have a a rough road in March. It's a real shame they can't be in 3A. I mean, come on. I mean, that, that, oh, they'd be, uh, be funny yeah. to put them in 3A. But this is a perfect example of my opening of this does not mean I do not like St. Pat's. <laughs> I just think the, the stock is great to sell right now. And why, why are they in? I should know this. Why are they in 4A? I don't know. Was it the That's success thing? It can't be. They haven't had success. Well, they've made the final, the sectional final, like two years yeah, in a row. Is that it, or is it the Super? I haven't even looked at that stupid thing. I can't remember. Because, no, they have uh, had a lot of playoff success. Um, but it, maybe it's just – it's hard to think it's enrollment. It must be. Um, because they've always been 3A since we split, I believe. Yeah, I just – well, they – I think they've bounced back and forth a time or two. I, I I don't know. They must have been in a bubble. I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, uplift. I am buying Uplift, even at this high price, because I – I, I get the feeling that you're more of an or guy than I am an uplift guy, or is I, am I reading that wrong? Um, I was until I'm a little concerned about them now. They're having some issues. But yeah, I, I think, think that was fair and put forward this week. Yeah, I think uplift is the best two A team, and I think uplift is getting to Peoria. So despite the high price, I'm going to dive into that stock and get some more of it. Yeah, Uplift's one of those teams, man, you look at their scores and you just become confused because it's obvious some games they're really on and some games they're not. Um, and that's always a little concerning. But they do seem they've rised to the occasion more often than not when they've played the local stars, so the local superstar team. So that's that's a good sign. But nine is really high. Um, so I'm going to hold. Joliet West? I am wholeheartedly selling. It's I, I that freaked me out those free throws again. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to just sit and talk about the free throws on and on, but I, that is a you talk about what you have to do in March to win. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I I just think seventeen and two top ten ranking. A lot of people expect them to get through that. Set. I mean, I know Bowling Brooks in there, but a lot of people have high hopes that this is the team that gets to Peoria. I'm selling Juliet West. It's so upsetting because this team could be number one. Oh, you're selling? Uh, no, no, no. This team could oh. be number one right now if they just made their free throws. Um, on the court, they've played with and outplayed pretty much everybody. 
Well, but then they can't on. finish it. With the free throws, I agree they're nineteen and zero. But if they make the free throws, then they actually play a couple other teams that <laughs> they might not have beaten. But that aren't any better than Young and Curry. I mean, they've shown they can play with that level. The problem is they just can't hit their free throws. So it's it's horribly upsetting. I mean, well, they could have played Simeon. Yeah, I know, but Simeon's right there with Young and Curry. I mean, they've, they've. You don't think Curry and Simeon are clearly a notch above Juliet West? No, one notch. No, that you don't think they're you don't think they're one notch above. Juliet that, West. That's what's so upsetting to me. They've shown. You really, up, don't think so. They've clearly shown on the court. I mean, they played with Young. If they hit half their free throws, they win, and they beat Curry. In a stupid consolation game, yes, but yeah, there's no doubt to me they've shown on the court they can play with those teams. A hundred percent. Yeah, but um, you agreed that Curie was not the Curie that I, I we to- see. I totally agree, yes. So that's what I'm saying. I mean, the Curie team they, right now I know, but they went on and they the beat young, them. They didn't sort of I lose. Just think, I, I just think, I don't know, I, I, I like Julia West. I really do. I just, I have seen them a number of times and I come away with the same concerns of inconsistent scoring from one guy to the next and i and then this freezer thing that's it's not like it's just a one-time occurrence like you mentioned it's in their two so, biggest games yeah uh it's that's part of that's that's part of the game and so yeah I, i'll sell Juliet west so what are you doing you did decide what you're doing oh of course of course i'm buying you're just gonna just dive to just go down with and put all in it take all your stock and load up on Juliet west got to all right, friend, Conant, uh, big win, eighteen and zero. I got a piece coming out tonight that pretty remarkable, Mike. <laughs> Fremd is seven wins away, which they will be favored in every game the rest of the way, being twenty five and zero for the second time in four years. That's that's pretty remarkable. Uh, they were undefeated three years ago, and. You know, I the stock is high, but they're not going to lose. They're going undefeated. And I bought Conant stock, which makes me, which should make me sell my friend stock. And that's what I'm going to do because this friend money is 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 uh, big money right now. So I'm going to sell that my friend stock. I am. Um, I was pretty into friend. After I saw them the first time. Second time here against Conant was, was not the same. They, they weren't whipping the ball around with that same urgency. There were only maybe five possessions of 20 or more passes. Um, saw some things I didn't like quite as much um, in, the, in their top 10. So I'm going to sell Fremd. I'm a prospect guy in that, in that world. That, that's, who, that's the stock I'm holding. I want. You think Prospect will knock off Fremd and Conant back to back in a sectional? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying they can't. I just that I that's do. that's some, yeah. uh, some heavy lifting for. Uh, I like those Prospect. guys. I do too. I I, I do like that team. Um, Wayne Warrenville South, the arguably the biggest surprise of the entire season. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh... you know I. Um... Gosh. Their stock can't get any higher. Everybody's, I mean, we're talking about them two episodes in a row. They're rank six. I got to sell them because I just think there's that. They're 
sectionals winnable. I mean, there's all reasons point to buying more stock into them, but I, I, I can't see them beating all these teams in a postseason run as special as this season's been. So I'm going to sell my Wheat Warville South stock. Um, I'm not going to buy any more of it. I mean, it's it's very high priced. They're top, you know, they're number six. So I'm, but I'm holding. You're hold. Yeah, I yeah. want it. Yeah, I think they win. Yeah, I, I definitely want my Wheat Warrenville South stock. Keeping it. Morgan Park, uh, kind of quiet lately. I haven't been talking about them much, too much. Big game on the horizon here on Tuesday. Uh, I'm going to buy my Morgan Park stock because they are in 3A. And I keep looking at their road. They are bringing home a state trophy. I don't know if it's going to be a first, second, third, or fourth, but they're bringing home hardware. Hardware. (laughs) I am buying the Morgan Park stock. Yeah, I'm buying Morgan Park stock too. I mean... You tried to start to make the Simeon excuse if they didn't play, blah, 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 whatever. It, it was some hijinks going on with Simeon. And you know what you don't want when you're going into the Battle of Vincennes? Hijinks going on. Morgan Park is the one that had the hijinks this time last year with all the protest stuff. And they never really recovered. They got, you know, Simeon beat them in their own gym. And things just didn't go well from then on. Even Lincoln Way West took him down. I think this could be a moment, a scary moment like that for Simeon on Tuesday. I think Morgan Park's coming in, as you said, under the radar. Nothing to lose. Simeon's pulling some hijinks. I'm buying my Mustang stock. Now, our your fourth and th- your number four, number three ranked teams, I think are similar in that they are in collision courses of that they could meet in the city playoffs. And we're talking Curie and Young. They could meet in the sectional. So it makes me think we can't – can you buy both – you can't really buy both their stock, can you? Yeah, because you're going to get a good return if uh, they're both in the sectional final. Or no, one of them can win the state, one of them can win the city. Yeah. We got <sighs> two tournaments with them coming up. So, yeah, I think you can buy both. Gosh, they these both last, can move up last, too. These last four is this is hard, man. It's like, what's the most expensive stock out there in the real world? Um, Google and I, Apple. <laughs> I, I'm gonna buy Curie. Uh, they're a preseason number one. I am the biggest Elijah Joiner fan out here, and I'm gonna buy Curie stock because I think they're back to what we thought they were. Yeah, to me, Curie's a clear buy. They were out of the entire Super 25, I would buy the most stock in Curie. All the money I got from selling everybody else, I'd put it into Curie. If I did rankings the way Joe would do them, they would be my number one team. I love what I've seen from them. I love their potential. I think getting them at number four is a huge bargain. Yeah, well, we're both buying Curie. Whitney Young, I... Boy, I... I... I continue to with, with the more and more their young players keep contributing, Mike, from the young kids, Tyler yeah. Beard, Miles Baker, to just the steady progression of Javon Freeman. Uh, they they are as dangerous offensive weapons from multiple people. I even talked about Lucas Williamson and Xavier Castaneda and Justin Boyd, and uh, they. they I, I'm buying Whitney Young. I, I just, I mean, if you had to forecast the premier sectional championship game in the state of Illinois, Young Curie at Proviso East is 
has got to be that game. And I, I just like their offensive ability. My only concern with buying the stock at this price is Xavier Castaneda. I, I, I if anybody has followed my the evaluation part of my writing and and talking about players about a year ago, I went. I went crazy over at Xavier Castaneda and a lot of people were down on him, and I, I just loved him. And then people got on board with him, and now they kind of jumped off because he's, he, he doesn't play so much. He, he sits out games and he's, and he's not in the lineup here. And he's, again, he didn't play this past week with an injury. So, I mean, they are really good without Xavier Castaneda as they, as they show, because they basically beat, that's the other thing. We, we talk about the free throws that Juliet West missed. Otherwise, they beat Young. Young basically beat Juliet West without Xavier Castaneda. And, but I don't think they can beat Curie and get to Peoria unless Xavier Castaneda is playing at that level that he played at Proviso West because he was a oh, superstar couldn't, at Proviso couldn't West. disagree more. They don't need him. He's not even a factor. He could have played against Juliet West. He came out there and turned the ball over consecutive times, and they put him back on the bench. Um, well, yeah, because he hadn't played in a week, but yeah, they don't I, need it. Yes, they do. No, they don't. You're, you're, how, how can you say they don't need him to win a state championship? Because they went into or which hadn't lost a home game in three years, and they pretty much whooped no, him without okay. Castaneda. No, no, they need Xavier Castaneda. Yeah, I'm a buy on Young. I'm a big time buy. I can easily see them winning the city or the state. It's too tough to win both, but I can see them going all the way. I think they're. Sky's the limit. They keep getting better, most of the players. So, yeah, I'm 100% all in on Young. With if you, if you saw Castaneda in the Young Morgan Park game. I did. I watched TV. Okay. Then how could you possibly say? Because I've it, seen them win too many games without him. He controlled that. I mean, he made them a complete. Yeah, but, but they don't need Morgan him. Park. He's just extra. <laughs> Gosh. Mike, Mike, Mike. So. All right, Simeon. I love this. Joe started that out with how much he loved Castaneda. Now you're back. You're back. He's your guy. What do you, what do you mean? You started the thing with how much you how you overhyped Castaneda. No, I didn't. No, well, I hyped. No, I said I hyped him up last year. And, you're and still others all in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I I I've never fallen off my <laughs> okay you know, my Castaneda love. It's just wow. It, what I was saying is. My concern, I said that it was a concern because uh, there are a lot of games and a lot of times play. where yeah. he's not playing. Cause and, for concern, definitely. Uh, but no, you don't have any cause because you don't think they need him. But not, not at all. Simeon. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm buying. I, I don't see. I don't see them losing in that sectional. Um, their stock is high. But I think you have to buy. I, I just, although they're going to have a tough super sectional game. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm still buying because I still think, uh, I mean, my whole I mean, two and a half month resume, my whole eye test, everything I've watched, they're my number one team. And I got to buy my number one team. I'm selling Simeon at two. Um, worried about it. Very worried about it. What, what are you worried about? Because they 
didn't play their starters for most of the first half against Bogan and lost. Well, why are you sitting your starters when you sat them two days before? Well, I, they didn't play. Yeah, they didn't play against Harlan. Well, I and then they didn't I play don't... again against Bogan, but then they they did come in, they did play, and then they didn't make any difference in the second half. It, to me, it's just it's weird hijinks. Well, I, it, I, I, it, I don't it, like that. You 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 know it it changes the whole dynamic of a game when your starters aren't. I mean, come on. No doubt, you, you, but why? Yeah, I don't want. I'm not. But basically, if this is a company, there's all kinds of problems going on. And, no, and it's Rob, super Rob Smith's quote unquote overcoaching in January. I could care less. I mean, I. I watched him sit and not coaching a game the Brandon Spearman year against Bogan. They lost and they went won a state championship with a with a with the the, the best coaching job he's done in his career. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I, just don't I, like I, it I, headed into I the take, battle of Vincennes. I take I like nothing it. from what I saw last week from Simeon. Nothing. I and mean, clearly you didn't because you still have number two. Yeah, because the resume's there. But I'm worried about what happens. It's going to be over with him. I'm worried about what happens at the Battle of Vincennes and where that sends him. I think it's a t- – So you're taking Morgan Park? Yeah, yeah. In that game? Yeah. Wow. What? So real quick, before we get to number one, Bolingbrook. So what? What? I just care, what part of Morgan Park has really energized you in – Nothing. It's just public league mojo. Weird things going on. I think Morgan Park gets one. They're they're overdue for this too. Um, in the last two years, uh, and the uh, teams are too close. It comes down to the. I think I think this this gets to be Morgan Park's time, and I, just, I don't know. I just feel that way. I could be totally wrong, but that's why. And and Simeon's number two. It's high stock. I'm I've already bought Young and Curie, so. What do I need? Simeon? You vaulted Bolingbrook to number one. Um, when all the debate and the fun dialogue and conversation was going on Sunday, I know you put it out there a fan poll and, and I, I should be the last person to say this since I wrote an article a month ago, <laughs> calling Bolingbrook the greatest team in the world, but I'm selling. I, I, I think 16 and zero, number one ton of buzz I mean, you you can't get more money from Bolingbrook than you can get right now. And I'm going to sell Bolingbrook. I made that, or I wrote that article and made the statement. They are. And this was back. I don't know when I wrote that. When they played Romeoville, when was that? Before Christmas? Yeah, uh, back in December. And they just crushed Romeoville. But I, I I made the statement. They are clearly the best high school basketball team outside of the public league. And I still believe that. That's why I wouldn't have them number one. Uh, I know they, they're 16 and 0, so you can't argue that. Um, but, you know, and, and they haven't played the toughest schedule. And that, it hasn't been awful. But um, I, I, I'm going to have to sell Bolingbrook. Yeah, I, I'm selling Bolingbrook too. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they react to being number one on Tuesday night in that big game against Jolly West because they haven't been before. And that's difficult for everybody i don't think rob bros thinks i necessarily did him much of a favor for uh for that see i'm selling you can't get higher than that i already bought the Juliet west i will say though one of the reasons they're number one is i think this the last couple weeks really i disagree a decent amount with that public league statement i think that the gap is very little this year i'm not even sure there is one i think we Uh, saw that there's there there's so much more talented than every team in your in your rankings 
Uh, aside from Juliet West. No, no, no. I mean that the city's better than the suburbs by so much. Uh, I don't. You don't think they are? I think the Wheatons. I think we have too much evidence against it. Wheatons, Simeon Young and Curie aren't better than every suburban team. Yeah, I, there's too much evidence by, against by, that. They've lost, or nearly lost, or I mean, there just isn't enough. Yeah, Wheaton South beat North Lawndale. That should open no, no, our no. eyes. To Simeon, begin with. I don't. No, I don't care about them. Simeon Young, Curie. Curie Curie has lost to Danville and Joliet West outside of the city. Okay. Danville's not the suburbs. And you are going back to that whole Curie consolation thing that you hate. I I do. Yes. But but it's it's an indication. They don't play enough. So we have to take these indications. And we just just said Curie should be number one based on what you've seen them right now. Their current form. But they're not number one because they lost those games. Right. But they're but. But their current form, they're clearly better than... The, the gap than, just isn't there, Joe, if you look around. I mean, the Fenwick-Young game, look at that. What, what was it, four or five points? The Sim- Fenwick went into Simeon and only lost by five. The gap is not there. You know, they're a little bit better. It's not like it. Ha- it is so much different than it has been the last five years. It's not even close. Well, we're digressing from a different... The topic was Bolingbrook of being the best. No, 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 but that's not what I started talking about. My topic was that that's a faulty, to me, that's a faulty premise because the city's not that much better than the suburbs. I'm not even sure they're better. Well, no, the premise is they are better. I, I'm So much better. I'm just saying the point, we all started going back. Bolingbrook, I said, it was the best team outside of the Chicago Public League. And I still believe that, that they are. Um clearly better than all of the other suburban teams. And then you said, well, there's not much difference between, and there's not that much difference, but I'm, I just believe Simeon Young and Curie and, and Bolingbrook and Morgan Park, your top five, I think are particular top four are just, and, that, and then again, it doesn't mean they're not going to lose to these teams are just from a talent perspective, resume, eye test, everything better than every See, other team. I disagree. Yeah, I disagree. Clearly better. No. And the point would be that they've basically been other than Bolingbrook one, two, three, or four all year. Yeah, and I, I don't think it's much, there's much of a difference at all. I mean, we saw with St. Pat's beating Orr. I mean, Orr, Orr lost at a buzzer beater at Young, and St. Pat's no, no, no. can take them down. I mean, it's yeah, they could beat. I don't care about Orr and North Lawndale. I'm talking about Simeon Young Curie. But but these are the indications we have about how much better they are because they don't play. So we have to do this college football extrapolation because we don't have the head-to-head matchups. And when you did that the last couple of years, it became clear how much better the city powers were. And when you do that now, it's not the case. As someone who looks at scores for a living, it's, it's, a, it's a stark difference, in fact, how much closer the non-CPS powers are to the CPS powers than they have been in a long time. Well, they don't win very often, so... Because they don't play. No, the the other CPS school. I mean, Curie hasn't lost any of them. Uh, Curie hasn't played any of them except for the one they lost to. No, the public league. Public. You said the public league teams, the Powers versus the second tier or whatever. No, no, are, no, are no. Vers- no versus been. the suburbs, or, or sorry, non CPS teams is what I'm talking about. All right, you've lost me, but it doesn't matter. I disagree. <laughs> I, I, there's there's teams that are clearly better and more talented, and and there's a pecking order, and 
there's no question those teams are are better than. I mean, Simeon beats. You know, yeah, they beat every single team they're going to play, just like they have all season long. Yeah, my point: Simeon is five points better than Fenwick at home. Any other year, I don't know. Well, I mean, Fenwick beat them last year. Yeah, and it was a shocking thing to everyone. This year, nobody's surprised. They only beat them by five at home. I was, I wasn't shocked by Fenwick beating them. Last, I mean, last year. Yeah, I mean, Fenwick is really Fenwick's way better last year than this year. Yeah, no doubt. But uh, well, before we preview, real quick, a couple of games. We are on a record pace of the longest podcast in history. Uh, Tuesday night, which will this will be out, I assume, Tuesday afternoon or Tuesday morning. Bolingbroke, Juliet West, and Simeon, Morgan Park. So you got one versus eight. Two versus five. What's your pick? I guess you gave me your pick. Well, I know you're picking Julia West. I know you're picking Morgan Parks. So there's not much drama. Uh, and I'm going to go um, complete opposite. So we should have a friendly wager and a bet. Yeah. I got uh... I got Bolingbroke Simeon. You got Morgan Park and Julia West. Should be a good night. Uh, for those who are listening to this before the games, the Bowling Brook Julia West game is at 9 o'clock on TV. It's not going to be live, but it's going to be kind of right after it ends they're going to put it on. So if you wanted to go watch Simeon and Morgan Park and turn off your phone and drive home. Is there a reason watch. why it's not live? Uh, usually it's because it's some sort of Sky game or Bulls game or some um, live thing they have to show. Oh, um, I have Sadly, I don't even know if this guy are currently playing. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about WNBA schedules or if it's even their season. Um, but I think it's been it's been that lately. <laughs> I think they play in the summer, but that's all right. Yeah, okay, so it isn't? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea. So maybe it's the Bulls. Um, but, yeah, usually that's what it is. Is It's something that they contractually have to show. Um, but it works Although out. It can't, be the, for... can't be the Bulls if it's a 9 o'clock game. No, no, no. It ends. It would be a 7. No, but, I mean – yeah, the Bulls would be on at 7. That's why. Right, but they're never done by 9. Maybe they're, yeah, I have no idea. Maybe they're in the anyway. East Coast. I have no clue. All right. Um, Didn't look. But, yeah, you can pull off watching both if you want. I'm, I might give that a try, so that'll be fun. Um, anything else for next week? I guess we talked a little about Geneva. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of big Red West games. There always are. But I'm kind of kind of stay away from that. I'm assuming everyone's kind of sick of the young or North Lawndale Westinghouse yeah. thing. Yeah, gonna get out and see some other stuff, some other city teams. Um, I think Collins is like sixteen and four. Everything's they're pretty good. Gonna check them out. Any other big? Um, I thought there was uh, oh Marion. Marion Catholic plays Notre Dame or Pats. Not Notre Dame. Uh, Pats. <clears throat> That's a big Cut one out. on Friday. Yeah. Um, see if Pats can keep their streak going because Marion played pretty well against Fenwick. Kenwood Curie rematch, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Kenwood Curie <laughs> rematch, which. Boy, I'm interested to just see how Kenwood comes back after the shellacking they took um, at at, uh, at home. Know, yeah, me too. And the way the tiebreaker works now, they would have to win by 40 to win the conference, I think. Well, and they lost to Downer South, yeah. which had lost seven of their last nine. So, Kenwood, ee. Downer South making all those preseason rankings the last two years look not crazy. Thank you, Mustangs, for pulling off at least one win in the last two years. Um, yeah. 
But anyway, uh, should be a good week ahead for sure, and we might have another huge shakeup in the rankings, depending on how things go. I guess it's easy to see Curie with a way back to uh, number one, possibly. But anyway, guys, thank you for listening, if you still are, because it's been, like I think Joe said, our longest podcast ever. We'll see you next week. <laughs>